Nehemiah chapter 1 is where we're going to begin by reading today. We're going to read the whole chapter as our opening text. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hekaliah, During the month of Chislev in the twentieth year, when I was in the fortress city of Susa, Hanani, one of my brothers, arrived with men from Judah, and I questioned them about Jerusalem and the Judahite remnant that had returned from exile. They said to me, The survivors in the province who returned from the exile are in great trouble and disgrace. Jerusalem's wall has been broken down and its gates have been burned down. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept. I mourned for a number of days, fasting and praying before the Mighty One of Heaven. I said, Yahweh, Mighty One of Heaven, the great and awe-inspiring Mighty One, who keeps His gracious covenant with those who love Him and keep His commands, let your eyes be open and your ears be attentive to hear your servant's prayer, that I now pray to you day and night for your servants, the Israelites. I confess the sins we have committed against you. Both I and my father's house have sinned. We have acted corruptly toward you and have not kept the commands, statutes, and ordinances you gave your servant Moses. Please remember what you commanded your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and carefully observe my commands, even though your exiles were banished to the ends of the earth, I will gather them from there and bring them to the place where I chose to have my name dwell. They are your servants and your people. You redeem them by your great power and strong hand. Please, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to that of your servants who delight to revere your name. Give your servant success today and have compassion on him in the presence of this man. At the time, I was the king's cupbearer. May Yahweh bless His Word to our hearts. Today I'd like to take some time to discuss the forgiveness of sins. I want to look at forgiveness in three ways that affect all of us in our life. Before I begin, I want to share with you a basic definition. We're probably in here all familiar to some degree with what the word forgive or forgiveness means. But I want to share a basic definition of the word forgive. I'm going to share that from... Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary of the English Language. He defines the word forgive as follows, quote, To pardon, to remit as an offense or debt, to overlook an offense, and treat the offender as not guilty. The original and proper phrase is to forgive the offense, to send it away, to reject it, that is, not to impute it or put it to the offender. But by an easy transition, we also use the phrase to forgive the person offending into that quote. So when we forgive someone or when we are forgiven by someone, it's pardoning the offender. Someone has committed sin and that someone is being pardoned and treated as not guilty even though they are. Because they acknowledge their sin, confess their sin, and repent of their sin. Now with that definition in mind, and I think that's a good definition, I'd like to begin by centering in on three aspects of forgiveness in this sermon. They're as follows. The first one is asking Yahweh to forgive us. The second one is forgiving others of their offenses against us. And the third is forgiving ourselves. 
We'll talk about all three of those in this lesson. We'll begin with number one, asking Yahweh to forgive us. I chose Nehemiah chapter 1 as my opening text because in it we see a quality, a good quality in Brother Nehemiah, a quality we can all learn from. In verse 6 of Nehemiah 1, Nehemiah confesses his sins and the sins of his father's house. He admits that they have acted corruptly and had not kept the commandments of Yahweh. Nehemiah understood that the first step in spiritual healing was to admit his wrong and then to directly confess it with his mouth before Yahweh in prayer. Now that might seem like a simple thing to do, but I want to ask everybody something here today and I want you to be honest with yourself because Yahweh already knows the answer. He knows all and He sees all. It matters not if you fool me or anybody else. I'm not the Creator. I'm not the Mighty One. I'm not the ultimate judge. But Yahweh is. I can live my life fooling other people. It's not that difficult to do. But in the end, Yahweh will know exactly what Matthew is doing. I cannot fool Yahweh. And neither can you. So here's the question to ponder on and to think about. Do you regularly admit and confess your sins to Yahweh? Is that part of your daily prayer life when you pray? Now, if you do, that's great. That's wonderful. Because it needs to be done. But I'm afraid that many of us do not do this. Maybe we perform like a single act of righteousness one day and we think that we're so good because we focus on that one thing that we did that was right during the day. And we don't really stop to meditate and to contemplate on the wrong that we did that day. Things like an evil thought, a harsh word, a sarcastic remark because we were irritated. Not preferring our neighbor, not loving our neighbor as ourselves. That's a very difficult one for me. I struggle with that one. And the list goes on and on and on. There really should not be any day that goes by, not one single day should go by, without you admitting and confessing your sin to Yahweh. There should not be a day that goes by that you don't thank Yahweh for allowing you to do anything good or righteous that you do. Because He's the reason for it all. We should not take any of the credit. Any time that you're able to overcome in a situation, you have a temptation, we're to pray, lead us not into temptation. But the temptation comes and you are victorious over that and you do not fall into sin. Any time that happens, the credit should go directly to Almighty Yahweh. He's the one that was with you. He was the one that was helping you. He's the one that was giving you strength. He's the one that was leading you and guiding you in the paths of righteousness. When we sin... It's very easy to let time elapse after the fact and put off admitting that we violated Yahweh's orders. It's easy to even get in the habit of doing something wrong and you begin to feel like that thing is not really wrong because it's become a habit to you. Whereas when you first did it, first committed the sin, it was very hard and it hurt. But the more that you practiced it, the easier it became to do. And now, you don't even ask for forgiveness. You're not even fighting that sin anymore. Maybe we make a habit of talking bad about other people so that we make ourselves feel better. 
maybe we've done it so much that we've justified it. and We don't really look at it as gossip or as slander or as backbiting. Therefore, we don't admit our sin or confess our sin. Maybe we've put off loving our spouse or loving our children and teaching our children. Sure, we might tell them that we love them and we might eat dinner with them, but we neglect our family duties and we do other things that make us happy in our flesh when we really should be spending time with our family, teaching them. It could be a host of different sins here. But the fact remains that unless we begin by admitting sin and then confessing it to Yahweh, we'll never be healed. We will never be healed. I've talked to many people over the years, and it's amazing how many people, Christian and non-Christian, how many people think that they really don't ever do anything that bad. Well, I'm not that bad, Matthew. I've really never done anything that wrong. I've had people tell me that just about every week in conversation. I was a good kid. I'm an upstanding adult. I'm a good citizen. Don't really do anything wrong. I realize that Yahweh's Spirit-filled children do not practice sin. I realize that. That's a whole message in and of itself. I realize that that's a fact. But to think that you never commit sin or that you've really never done anything that wrong, that's deceiving yourself. Every sin against Yahweh's law is a crime against the Creator of the universe, the Creator of the cosmos. Every sin, great or small, is a heinous act towards the ruler of the universe. We do not want to deceive ourselves, and the thing about it is is that when we deceive ourselves, we don't know it because that's what deception is, thinking that you're right and in reality being wrong. And it's possible to deceive yourself. The book of James talks about this. He says that we can hear the Word. Everybody in here right now is hearing the Word. We read Nehemiah. We're going to read other texts of Scripture. We can hear the Word, but then not do the Word. And we deceive ourselves into thinking that we're okay just because we've heard the Word. But hearing it is only the first part. It's an integral part. It's an important part. We must hear it in order to be able to do it. But we can hear it and then leave and not do it. James says it's just like a man. He's been working hard and his face is dirty and he looks in the mirror and the mirror is representative of the law. And that mirror shows him his face is dirty and he needs to wash it off. But then he leaves and he forgets about the dirty face and he doesn't do anything about it. We can hear the law. We can hear the Word. We can know that we're sinners in need of grace. All of us in here today are. All of us in here today are. We've all broken every one of the Ten Commandments. We can hear that and we can leave and not do anything about it. That's deceiving ourselves. Brothers and sisters whom I love dearly, don't deceive yourself into thinking that you don't ever really sin. That's a bad place to be in. I've been there before. Matthew Jansen has been there before. And Yahweh slapped me back into submission. He slapped me back into submission and it hurt when He did it. But I'm thankful that He did because He loved me enough to discipline me because He's my loving Father. It's the same thing when I discipline Elijah or David or Rosalind. I don't do it because I hate them. I do it because I love them and I want to guide them in the path that they should go. 
And Yahweh treats all of His children that way. He disciplines those whom He loves. At the end of each day, sit down and contemplate. And I guarantee you, at the end of every day, there are always areas that you did not love Yahweh in, that you did not do your best, that you were not completely honest, that you answered someone sharply rather than softly. And it's healing to admit these things before Yahweh and to confess them verbally to Yahweh, specifically. Yahweh, I did this today. I'm sorry. I know I wasn't supposed to. Please forgive me, Father, and help me tomorrow to do better. Help me to be more victorious in that area of my life. Ask Yahweh to forgive you. Prayer is not just about asking Yahweh to heal our physical ailments or to keep us safe when we go on a trip. Those are okay. We should pray. Those are supplications. That's not what prayer is all about. Prayer should begin by asking Yahweh to have mercy upon us because we are forgiven sinners, but by His grace. Prayer should begin by confession, confessing our sins to Yahweh specifically and asking Yahweh to help us the next day as we continue to fight the battle against sin, which is the transgression of Yahweh's law. 1 John 3, 4, sin is the transgression of Yahweh's law. That's the battle that we fight every day. We need to ask Yahweh to forgive our sins. Confess them to Him. Talk to Him. You don't have to talk fancy. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't expect you to speak like Shakespeare when you pray. You talk to Him like you talk with your daddy. And you say, Father, I'm sorry for this. Help me to obey you. Help me to do better. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6 as we begin on the second point of forgiveness. And that is forgiving others. Matthew chapter 6. Verses 12, 14, and 15. This is part of the prayer that the Lord taught the disciples to pray. Verse 12 says, And forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. Some Bibles may say, Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's saying, Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Verse 14 and 15. For if you forgive people their wrongdoing, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. Isn't that a wonderful promise? Verse 15. But if you don't forgive people, your Father will not forgive your wrongdoing. We talk a lot in this congregation about following the example of Christ. And I think that's a good thing to talk about. The word Christian means to follow Christ. 1 John 2 verse 6 says that if we say we abide in Him, we should walk as He walked. And the word walk there is used as a lifestyle. That's how we should practice our life. Walking like the Messiah. Following His example. I think, maybe this is just my opinion, but I think I gather it from Bible study. I think that we're acting most like Yeshua the Messiah when we forgive our neighbor for sinning against us. When I mimic Him, in all the forgiveness that He's handed out to me, that's when I'm being the most Christ-like. When I'm merciful on my neighbor, when I'm compassionate towards my neighbor who does not deserve compassion, but they need it desperately, just like I need it desperately. I'm following Christ's example. In Colossians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul tells us to put on certain attributes 
He says, put on compassion and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. And then he says in Colossians 3, to accept one another and forgive one another if anyone has a complaint against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Verses like these are why I began this lesson with the need for us to admit our own sin and confess our own sin to Yahweh. Because if we don't first realize how much the Lord has forgiven us, we won't have the heart to reach out and forgive other people of their wrongs. We won't. But let me assure you of this. This is something you can hold on to, and I know this. I know this because I've experienced this. When we finally come to grips with our own sinfulness and our own need for the Savior, and when we are daily walking in confession and repentance, daily knowing that we're not sinless, but we always seek to be more obedient, at that point our heart will overflow with compassion and patience for those who sin against us. Because we will see them having the same struggle that takes place in our life. It makes it a lot easier. That's a big basis for the lyrics in the song that I wrote on the latest album called Little Ones. The chorus in that song says this, It's so easy to make sure you tell your children what to do while just going off to work and not taking your own cue. And I still wished that in the last chorus of that song we would have recorded it, I would have said, it's so easy to make sure I tell my children what to do. Because I don't want to just be saying it to everybody else because I know it's just as easy for me to overlook my life as everybody that I'm singing to. I see and I hear daddies and mamas, including my wife and I, all the time. We scold and scold our children. and We say, why can't you do this? Why do you always keep doing the same thing over and over why do you have to be like that? Why do you always disobey? Why do you back talk? Why do I have to put up with this nonsense again and again and again? I've said these things to my children, and it's easy for me to say that to my kids and to ignore when that goes on in my life as an adult. And I do the same things over and over and go back to Yahweh, and I'm sorrowful. Please forgive me, Father. And it works for a while, and then I do it again. And I go back to Yahweh and say, please forgive me, Father. And He continues to forgive me. Do you know that that has made, that reality in my life, I believe, has made me a better dad and a better disciplinarian to my children to recognize that the same things that they struggle with on their level are things that I struggle with on my level as an adult. And you know, sometimes discipline is justified. But parents... Us parents are very prone to overlook our own sins and pounce down on the sins of our children. And in the same way, it's much easier for us to critique our neighbor sitting beside us and give a big list for everything that he or she needs to be doing. Even now, while I'm speaking this message, maybe in your mind you thought about somebody else in the congregation that really needs to hear what Brother Matthew's saying today. Boy, I'm glad that so-and-so's here because they really needed to hear this sermon. That's a judgmental spirit. You're sinning when you do that. All of us need to hear every sermon. Sometimes I think some of us think we only need the singing. Some of us think we only need the preaching, but we all need both. 
Some of us only think we need the technical sermons. Some of us think we only need the untechnical sermons. But we all need both. We all need both. As long as it's the Word, we all need both. It's very easy for me. It's very easy for me. I'll use Brother Tim. He sits up on the front row, so he has to give me illustration. It would be easy for me to critique Brother Tim's life and to constantly look down on him and say, Tim, you need to do this, and I'll pull out a sheet and say, you know, this and this and this is not right, and totally ignore what's going on in Matthew's life. That's judgmental. That's what Yeshua said. He calls that, I got a two by four by ten sticking out of my eye, and I'm trying to get close enough to Tim to get the, the speck of sawdust out of his eye. We all do that. We all do that, whether we admit it or not. We tend to quickly pick judgment over mercy when another man is in view. But we don't see or look upon ourselves as a man who needs his mercy just as much. Far too often we overlook our own sins and that in turn makes it easy to pounce down upon everybody else's sins. But when you and I quit looking at ourselves as Mr. and Mrs. Perfect, we begin to see the need in our community, in our society, in our congregation to help others, not not by overlooking sin. I'm not preaching that. Not by making light of sin, no. Sin never needs to be made light of or overlooked. Sin needs to be confessed and repented of. But when we quit looking at ourselves as having everything ironed out, and we see ourselves in need of help just like our neighbor, we explain to all sinners that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of Yahweh. We all need a Savior. And that makes us willing to forgive more and ready to have mercy more. And even forgive what we might consider to be the unforgivable. In 1 Kings 15 verse 5 we read this, For David, King David, did what was right in Yahweh's eyes, and he did not turn aside from anything Yahweh commanded him all the days of his life, except in the matter of Uriah the Hittite. David placed Uriah on the front line of the battle. Why? Because he knew the chances of him getting killed on the front line were great. And he had already saw Bathsheba, and he had taken her and lain with her. And there were consequences that David had to pay for this. That first child that was birthed by Bathsheba died, even though David wept and cried and fasted, that baby died. There were consequences that David had to pay. There's always consequences in the natural, in the physical, for all sin. And and don't think this. Don't think just because Yahweh forgives you, and He does. When we confess and repent, He forgives. Don't think that that removes the consequences. The consequences still come. That doesn't mean He doesn't love you. It doesn't mean He hasn't forgiven you. But sin comes with consequences. Sin comes with repercussions, ripple effects that take place. But ultimately, Yahweh forgave David for his sin. The king of Israel. In the book of Acts, we read about a man named Saul of Tarsus. He put people in prison that believed in Christ. He even murdered Christians. But Yahweh forgave him. A blasphemer. A murderer. Yahweh forgave him. Yahweh forgives sinners. Yahweh can forgive you of idolatry, adultery, fornication, Sabbath breaking, stealing, swindling, hatred, murder, and a host of other sins. 
if you confess those sins and repent of any of those sins, Yahweh will forgive you. He's merciful. How many is thankful for that? So why aren't we in the business of being more like the Father and His Son? Why aren't we willing to forgive people who sin against us? We need to be. In Luke 17, 3-4, Yeshua says this. He says, Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and comes back to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Seven times in one day? That's what he said. So that means if Brother Randy and I are working, we've worked together for a long time, and I sin against Brother Randy, and I feel bad about it, and I confess that sin to him, and I ask him to forgive me, he is to forgive me. And then if I do it again, and I confess it to him, and I ask him to forgive me, he's to forgive me. And then if I, an hour later, do it a third time, and I confess it and say, Brother Randy, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that again. He's to forgive me. Now, maybe I'm being too lenient on myself. Maybe Brother Randy can correct me. I don't know. I can't ever remember making it up to the number seven, sinning against Brother Randy seven times in one day. (laughs) Maybe I have. But I do know this. I do know that I've sinned against him before. And I've asked him to forgive me. And he forgave me. And that's what the Christian life should look like. That's what the Christian life should look like. A life of love. The love that the Bible says covers a multitude of sins. It does. We should seek to forgive people of their sins because our ultimate goal is not to stomp on somebody's back and make them look bad and worse. Our ultimate goal is to see people delivered and to see people set free and filled with the Spirit and living a life of victory and love towards the Creator. Our hearts should want this for our neighbor. That's what we should want. Let me finish this second point by saying that we also need to forgive people that have sinned against us, but do not repent. That one's very tough. That one's very tough. Yeshua did this while He hung on the cross. And Stephen did it in Acts chapter 7 while they were hurling rocks at Him and stoned Him to death. He said, Lord... Don't lay this sin to their charge. Basically, he was saying, please forgive them. Why? Why? Even that all that turmoil was happening to him, Stephen was thinking about the ultimate goal. I would like to see them in the kingdom. I would like to see them in the kingdom. Now, I realize that when people don't admit their sin and ask for forgiveness, full amends can never be made. Full amends are only made when both parties cooperate. But the heart of Yeshua says to forgive them in your heart. And you must in order to move on in your life. Even when they're not sorry. Even when they don't ask you for forgiveness. To move on in your life. You must forgive. If you don't, I've heard a preacher say before that it's like drinking poison yourself. And you're expecting the person that you're upset with to die from the poison that you're drinking. doesn't work. Life should not be wasted by us holding grudges with our neighbor, even if they don't like us. What does Yeshua say? Love our enemies. Do good to those that hate us. Pray for those that despitefully use us and bless those who persecute us. 
some of the hardest things to do. That, that right there ought to let you know that a man did not inspire the Bible. Because no man says, love those who hate you. That's not in the heart of man. We say, get back at those who hate you. If somebody cusses you out, cuss them out back. That's what man says. But Yahweh, in his inspiration, inspired his son Yeshua to say, love your enemies. Do good when people do bad to you. Do good back to them. Somebody cusses you out, send them a bouquet of flowers or a pack of chocolates. Right? Life should not be wasted by holding grudges. When we do that, we're missing out on so much peace that Yahweh has to offer. Don't let a little root of bitterness grow into a big, gigantic oak tree that's 50 years old. Get rid of it while it's just a little sapling because it's easy to pluck out of the ground when it's small. In the natural and in the spiritual, I'm speaking metaphorically. But when that root of bitterness finally grows into a 50-year-old oak tree, it takes a lot more effort to cut down that tree of bitterness than it would have been just to pluck up that root of bitterness when it was small. If you let unforgiveness fester and fester into a giant tree, it will be very, very difficult to ever get rid of it. So when you pray, ask Yahweh to give you a heart, because you don't have it already in the natural, but ask Yahweh to give you a heart to be forgiving to other people. Definitely when they ask you to forgive them, you must. If you don't, Yahweh's not going to forgive you. That's what Yeshua said. But even when they don't, in order to move on in your life and to live a peaceable life, don't hold on to that grudge. Don't drink the poison and think that they're going to die from you drinking it. Let go of the grudge and forgive. You'll live a lot more peace-filled life. Now, I've got one more point to talk about. I want to turn to Psalm 103, one more scripture that I'd like to talk about on forgiveness. Psalm 103, verses 10 through 12. This is probably one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Who was it the other day? Somebody, I think it was Sister Laura. Sister Laura Metzger told me, she heard me say that this was one of my favorite texts in the Bible when I was preaching. And she says, I think you come up with another favorite text every time you preach, Brother Matthew. You've got a lot of favorite texts. <laughs> well, this is one of my favorite texts, Sister Laura, if you're listening. How many thank you for the Metzgers? I love Brother Adam and Sister Laura and all them little Metzgerites. Psalm 103, 10 through 12. Let's start at verse 1. I'll go through 12. My soul praise Yahweh, and all that is within me praise His holy name. My soul praise Yahweh, and do not forget all His benefits. He forgives all your sin. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with faithful love and compassion. He satisfies you with goodness and your youth is renewed like the eagle. Yahweh executes acts of righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He revealed His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. Yahweh is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, full of faithful love. He will not always accuse us or be angry forever. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve or repaid us according to our offenses. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His faithful love toward those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, 
so far He has removed our transgressions from us. Verse 13, As a father has compassion on his children, so Yahweh has compassion on those who fear Him. Isn't that a beautiful passage? Memorize that one. That's a refrigerator verse, man. Put it up on the refrigerator. Read it every day. Forgiving yourself is my last point. And it might be better titled, instead of forgiving yourself, it might be better titled correctly as believing all the verses in the Bible that says Yahweh forgives our sins when we confess them and repent of them. Now, I don't know what everyone in here battles with because I'm not a mind reader and I cannot look into your heart to see what you battle with. So in this last point, I'm going to talk about Matthew's experience. I'm going to talk about my experience, and maybe you can relate. There are some days in my life that I have a hard time, very difficult time, believing that Yahweh has forgiven me of sins that I've committed in the past, even though I've confessed them and repented of them. It's not every day that I deal with this. I have more good days than bad days. But I would say that it hits me hard at least probably once a month, sometimes more. I'll wake up and a past sin will flash before my eyes. And it will plague my heart all day long. And I'll wonder how could Yahweh forgive me for doing that to Him. For treating Him with contempt rather than honor. See, Yahweh is a great King. And He sees all things. And nothing is hidden from Him, good or bad. And when I think about bad things I've done against Him, it hurts my heart. It saddens my heart. It saddens my heart because I'm just a man. I'm a frail human being. I struggle with things in my life just like you struggle with things in your life. Praise Yahweh, I don't, I don't give in and just let go and just start practicing them and run hog wild. And I'm thankful that I don't do that. But I struggle. I struggle with things in my life and in my heart. And there's things that I've done toward Yahweh and other people in the past. I've repented, I've confessed, but they, they plague my mind. And sometimes it's hard for me to believe Psalm 103. Sometimes it is. Sometimes I have tears swell up in my eyes and I have times of uncontrollable crying during prayers of repentance toward Yahweh. I'm not talking about crying crocodile tears. I'm talking about really I can't control it because I'm so hurt at what I did to Yahweh. And we should weep over our sin. If we don't do that, it only shows that we don't understand how serious an offense or a sin is towards our Creator. Now maybe you don't deal with this. Maybe you're able to accept Yahweh's forgiveness more than me. But maybe, just maybe, and I think this is more often than not. I know it's hard for us to admit this, but I think this is more often than not. Maybe you deal with this in your own life in some form or fashion. And I want to help you. I love you. If you deal with this, the best thing you can do is to be honest about it. It's so freeing. You can tell in life that the people that live with the most peace are those that open up about who they really are. Don't try to wear a mask. Don't try to put on a facade. But you're just open and honest. Now let me, let me warn you, when you do that, when you do that, you're going to have Pharisees rise up in your life. 
and they're going to look at you and they're not going to want to be around you and they're not going to touch you. How could you be that way? The reality is they're just as guilty. But there's a facade there. You're going to have to deal with that when you open up and you're just honest about yourself. But people will appreciate that more when you're open and honest and you'll live a life of more freedom and more peace when you do that. Just be honest about it. Yahweh already knows. When you pray to Him, confess all of it. Speak it verbally. You know what the word confess means in the Greek language? The New Testament, was a lot of it was originally written in Greek. Do you know what the word confess means in Greek? It literally means to say the same thing. And what that means is, what Yahweh says about your sin, you are to say about your sin. You say the same thing. Yahweh calls it crime. You violated my law. You speak the same thing about your sin as Yahweh does. You confess it. Be honest with it. I would even encourage you, and this is you need to be careful when you do this because you don't want to do it to the wrong person, but you know the Bible does say in the book of James, Brother TJ is going to get to it in James chapter 5, to confess our sins one to another. Some Bibles say faults, but it means sins in the Greek. It is very freeing if you have a close brother, or for you sisters, a close sister in your life that you can talk to and be open with about, about your sins, that won't gossip about you, that won't slander, that won't go and tell every so-and-so about what you've told them. It's very freeing to get those things off of your chest and to pray for one another. Kind of went off on a rabbit trail there, but we're to be honest about these things. Don't hold it in. I know the pain. If you feel like some days you can't forgive yourself and you can't believe parts of Yahweh's Word that says you're forgiven, I know the pain that you feel because Brother Matthew feels it himself. I don't like disappointing Yahweh. I don't like sinning against Him. I hate to think about the times I've despised His law because that's what it is. I hate to think about those times that I did my own thing instead of do what He wanted me to do. I hate to think about it. But I must learn, we all must learn, to accept Yahweh's Word for what it says. Psalm 103 is a beautiful text. Accept it for what it says. And that, on those days, that sometimes I don't feel even like getting out of bed, On those days, that's usually the only thing I can do when I cannot seem to forgive myself and believe Psalm 103. What do I do? I keep quoting it over and over and over. He has not dealt with us as our sins deserve. He has not repaid me according to my offenses. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His faithful love towards those who fear Him. And He's removed Matthew's sins as far as the east is from the west. Psalm 103, Yahweh, your word said it. I believe it. 1 John chapter 1, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Psalm 130 says, Yahweh, if you marked or kept track of sins, who could stand? But with you, there is forgiveness. On those days, I quote verses like this, over and over, sometimes out loud, sometimes in my mind. And it helps me make it to the end of the day. And then before I go to bed at night, I say, Yahweh, I'm looking forward to the new mercies in the morning. Because they're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Aren't you thankful for those new mercies you get every morning? Praise Yahweh. Verses like these stay on my lips and my heart all day long. Sometimes it takes a lot of quoting them. But the more that I do, the more I begin to believe again that He has forgiven me. My sin has been removed. Yahweh's Word is true. And when I pray, I say, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. 
So I want to encourage you today in all of these areas of forgiveness. Number one, admit your sins to Yahweh and confess and repent of them daily. Number two, forgive others of their sins against you. You must, or else Yahweh will not forgive you. And three, trust Yahweh's Word that no matter how big of a sin you've committed against Yahweh, if you confess that sin and you repent of that sin, Yahweh forgives you for that sin and He throws it far, far away from here. As far as the east is from the west. Open your hearts up, brothers and sisters. Forgiveness is beautiful. Forgiveness, it means so much. And it's so powerful. It's so powerful. Let's stand and pray. We'll be back here again tomorrow for New Moon service. I'll be preaching again. And we'll rehearse all over again for the kingdom. Heavenly Father, I thank You and I praise You for who You are and what You've done in my life and our lives. Father, right now I pray that these verses that we've read this evening and the concepts that I've talked about that are biblical, I pray that they would sinking deep into the hearts and the minds of the brothers and sisters here. Father, I know that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word preached, but I know that apart from Your Spirit, it can't do anything. And so I ask right now that You would turn hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. I ask right now that You would circumcise hearts in this assembly. I ask right now that by Your Word, it would prick and change minds. Help us to be a forgiving people. Help us to confess our sin to you. Help us to believe your word that we are forgiven. I love you. I thank you. Father, we thank you for the food that we're going to receive. We bless your name for it. Through Yeshua, your son, I pray. Amen.